Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Miles Garrett, winning defensive player of the year, much to the chagrin of people like myself and Steelers fans around the world. There have been some real slobber knocker fights on social media about this between oh. Steelers and Browns fans and football media over this. Now we've got, and this is not a tete-a-tete where they're going at each other, but you've got Micah Parsons sticking up for Miles Garrett, and you have J.J. Watt sticking up for his brother, and they're doing it in different ways. Parsons quote tweeted our buddy Jersey Jerry and said that this is a horrible take to go with T.J. Watt over Garrett. Miles was the better player. Miles faced more double teams. And Parsons said, please stop looking at stats and look at the film. So put the tape on. J.J. Watt comes out and says, everybody is asking for my opinion on it. I get it. The problem is I have no interest in tearing down Miles Garrett. Miles is a phenomenal player. I'm a big fan, and he's an incredible. he's had an incredible career. I can acknowledge that while also wondering what more T.J. could have possibly done. Then he had a graphic made that listed every stat and how Watt had better stats than Garrett. Sacks, pressures, QB hits, QB hurries, tackles for loss, tackles, solo tackles, interceptions, forced fumbles and fumble recoveries, passes defended, touchdowns. That's two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven categories. And Watt was better in every single one. Wait, is this the one that he retweeted? The tail of the tape thing? No, he made his own seven minutes ago. This just came out from J.J. Watt. Okay. Uh, I think there's a little uh, shade in one of Micah Parsons' other tweets, though. What'd he say? Being Okay, I see the J.J. Watt one now. Uh, Doug Farrar uh, said, Micah Parsons had no issue with Garrett winning Defensive Player of the Year, but in defending him, he may have undersold his own abilities. And he just said, respectfully, I feel like I had a great year, but I'm not a sore loser either. I just got to work harder. I am struggling to read that in any other way than, hey, TJ, you're a sore loser. You didn't even show up last night. I I mean, not so much because of that part of it, like not showing up because you're mad you lost the award. It was all about Hayward for me, excuse me, from uh, Watt's perspective. Uh, but I do think that part of it was a bad look. The thing, I've said this a Wait, bunch. Wait, did you have a problem with like the tweets and stuff he put out about it? TJ? Yeah. No, I don't care. No. Okay. I don't care. If he doesn't, if he hates Miles Garrett's guts, I truly do not care. I actually am with Crowley, who apparently said this this morning, and, and I think had people 
uh, ready to storm the gates on his behalf. They were so happy. Basically said guys are way too friendly with each other who don't play on the same team. Like, I, I wish there was more animus. I'm fine with that. I just think for your teammate, Cam Hayward, being honored with the Man of the Year award, everybody on the Steelers who matters seemingly knowing about it yesterday or two days ago, according to Kabali, TJ being in Vegas and then deciding not to go, I don't think that's a good look. Um, and I, I'll probably I'll quickly try to put my own thoughts on this out there so that you can respond and everyone can respond to this. I think throughout the year, I was probably the person on the show that had the least issue with Garrett being the front runner and felt like, and I do believe in what PFF tries to do in quantifying this stuff, and I'm not somebody that believes that you didn't get a successful pass rush done if you didn't sack the quarterback because we know hurrying a quarterback, hitting a quarterback right after they throw, all of that stuff actually can affect and impact a play. It does often in the NFL. But having said that, where I do find this curious is as follows. Garrett goes the last six regular season games with a lot of those ancillary pressure stats the advanced ones, hurries, a lot of quarterback hurries, so pressures as counted that way, one sack. He gets three of his highest-graded PFF games in a three-game span where he has a ton of pressures and the Browns go 3-0. and Those are also games where he's getting double and triple teamed. I get it. If he had done all that at the beginning of the year, one sack in the first six games, and then games 7 through 17 – he pretty much goes nuts and has 13 sacks and all these big games and is carrying them to victories almost single-handedly, and their defense is getting better throughout the year and not worse like it actually did, I understand the award going to him a lot more. I think people would be prisoners of the moment, of the stretch drive, all of that. You'd say, wow, this guy, when his team needed him to, played the best he played all year, spurred them to a bunch of wins in a row down the stretch, that's what a great defensive player does, but it played out the way it did. He had 13 sacks through 11 games or 10 games of the season because he didn't play the last regular season game. He had one in the final six that he appeared in, and I do think that even though they clearly took advanced stats into, the, into consideration to a big degree this year, most of these voters still pay attention to the counting stats, and I am surprised that that did not ding Miles Garrett a lot more than it did. I think they moved the goalposts. They used a different criteria to pick defensive player of the year, and they've never used it before. And they didn't apply it to any other award. That's what I'm pissed about. You don't think they applied it in some way to Lamar Jackson? No, because... Josh Allen should have won it. That's what Aaron Schatz did. He voted for Lamar Josh Jackson Allen. won MVP because he was the best player on the best team in the NFL this season, which is usually who gets the MVP award. So you don't think that they moved the goalposts at all? For Jackson? Yeah. No, I don't think he got the. I don't think he won MVP because what of what his underlying. Do you think he won it because he he toasted the Niners and Brock Purdy in that game? Well, that's how they got the best record in the league. Had Brock Purdy outplayed him in that game, you think Purdy would have won it? If the 49ers win, yeah, yes. 100%. Do you think Brock Purdy is the, even the best player on their team? I do not. So they would have gone against. They would have. They would have done what I just said. The the, the award for MVP is pretty simple. Best player on best, best team, player but on Brock best Purdy team. is not best player on best team. So well, they would have, okay. they would have kind of. Let me, let me, let me. They should have given it to Christian let me McCaffrey. Ma- let in me that make scenario. a minor alteration. MVP usually goes to best quarterback on the best okay. team, which it does because Adrian Peterson's the last non QB to win it. Yep. Um, I would say here's here's what I am going to want to watch very closely and will watch very closely with this specific award. Because I do think the offensive awards, it's still about counting stats more than anything else, or as you put it, best quarterback on best team. What I want to know is, 
is next year, is this just the start of the advanced stats revolution for this award? Is next year going to be another guy who maybe has like 12 sacks? But say, let's say Parsons, or let's just for the amusement of it all, let's say TJ Watt gets held to 12 sacks next year. But let's say TJ Watt does it facing innumerable double teams, gets an insane amount of pressures, has the highest PFF grade. If he doesn't win it next year, despite having a very similar style year to Garrett relative to his peers, uh-huh. then I think it's time to foam at the mouth here. I already think it's... It, but I, if, I, but I'm if already he, there, man. But if he does win it with that next year, then what will people say? Oh, he definitely deserved it this year. They got it wrong with Garrett last year, but they got it right this time. So I, I want to know what the voters are going to do next year. Because I think that's going to be the real telling tale here. Is this the first year where they decided that it was going to be changed up, how they awarded this and what they paid attention to? Is Garrett such an outlier in these pressure statistics and the way he was treated? Because if it is a one-off, then I think you have even more cause to He's be upset. He's a pass rusher by trade who finished seventh in sacks, and I know that's not the end-all, be-all. Well, Trey Hendrickson should be the second-place finisher if that's the end-all, be-all, or it's, if that's even close to it's, it. But it, it every year, without fail... If you go year by year, the guys who win Defensive Player of the Year either lead the league in sacks or damn close, like Aaron Donald, who's playing a position where you don't usually gobble up sacks, but the numbers are close to the league lead, and it's like, my God, he's doing that on top of everything else he's doing to affect the game. Or some guy like Stephon Gilmore a few years ago was such a crazy year with interceptions that they give him the award. Or Ed Reed or somebody like that, or Charles Woodson back in the day, or Rod Woodson back in the day. Like, it's been a pretty cut-and-dried thing. And they changed it, and, like, the, the what pisses me off about it is, look, Watt is still going to end up in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot, so it's not going to cost him that. But these are the types of things that absolutely, when legacies are discussed and players are ranked at the end of the career, yeah, I agree. One with of that. the first things that we go to how is, well, how many defensive players of the, players of the yeah. yes? And how many first-team All-Pros? yeah. Which he also wasn't. So he got the shaft big time this year. Do you he, think Parsons did? Not to Watt's extent. No, Watt's, Watt had more sacks. If you had a ballot, who would you have bouted? One is Watt, two is who, three is who. I would have gone Watt one. Mm-hmm. Man, I probably would have gone Bland two. Even though he was getting picked on a lot, too? A little bit. I don't know. I mean, dude, when you score that many points for your defense, I'd have, I'd have to think about that. That's a good question. I should probably have an answer prepared for that, but I don't right now because I'm still like in my emotions with Watt getting effed. I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> what about Max Crosby, the only legit player on that defense who gets all the attention? More sacks by a half sack than Garrett complete psychopath who involves himself in every play. I would have uh I would have gone with uh with Crosby over Garrett. Yeah. I would have put I would have ranked him ahead of Garrett. Hendrickson? Yeah. Uh you said Max Crosby, I thought that. No, I know. I'm asking about Hendrickson too cuz he was second in the league in sacks, 17 and a half. Yeah, I probably would have done him too. So it sounds like you wouldn't have Garrett on the medal stand. I just don't I I really other than a PFF grade, which I respect, but I'm not going to make that the end all be all. I really don't see a single argument for Garrett. What do you make, if though, of, in number- general, Parsons going to his defense to the degree that he did? Because I I laughed. People said he probably doesn't watch Garrett and Watt film. He's just saying this. I think most of the best guys in the league actually do watch guys at their position, to tr- especially edge rusher, 
where you're always trying to pick up an edge or a new move. I, I did find that part of this very interesting, that the guy who also might have cause to be upset and say, hey, I deserve this as much as anybody, said, no, they got it right, the right guy won. I can't ignore that. I don't think people here should ignore that. I don't. I also don't think that people who are um, in the media who aren't players should be just basing their awards on what they see with their eyes on tape. What qualifies them to base their picks on tape? Do you in know the what media? I, yeah. I mean, do you think a media member who's like, okay, Alex Kazora never played the game. Do you think Alex knows more than the average person, though? And I know Alex would sure, have voted TJ. I he know should. he would have voted TJ Watt. Well, I guess my point is there are probably a lot of people out there. I would assume some of the people, hopefully most of the people voting on this, who do watch a ton of football. And even if they weren't former players, still can at least watch enough to have a good sense of what they are viewing. I mean, I just, I've never heard that standard applied. Like, the Offensive Player of the Year. Who won that last night, Donnie? Was it Christian McCaffrey, I think, won? Yeah. So, are we supposed to, with that, like, would an offensive player say, well, watch tape of Tyreek Hill and watch tape of Christian McCaffrey and don't go by their numbers. Go by what the tape tells you. Use your eye test for it. Ignore the numbers. Just go eye test with those two guys. How many times is there a safety over Hill? How many eight-man boxes is McCaffrey facing? How many times do they have to break tackles in order to pull off big runs? I don't know, man. That's making it really complicated. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's never been done that way. And it clearly was not done with any other award this year. That's my gripe with this. It just wasn't. They cherry-picked Defensive Player of the Year, the voters did, to make this stand, to die on this hill of, well, it's not about the numbers anymore. When it's always been about the numbers. Why did Nick Bosa win Defensive Player of the Year last year? Because he led the league in sacks. That's why. The thing I find funny, sort of funny about it is, I know it is it is all about the numbers. Parsons didn't even get mad about this when he has a case for saying, like, I'm going by one of Football Reference's advanced numbers. The year he lost it to Watt, where obviously Watt had 22 and a half sacks and everything else. Parsons football reference views him as a better player that year because he started as an off-ball linebacker, but he was so completely insane. They just moved him all over the place. And so like the sack numbers weren't good, but he was the closest thing to just a full, complete defensive weapon that you could have found. Now in look, the league. if Cleveland had had some transcendent defense. No, people here would have still been just as pissed. If I, Garrett's numbers are the same, Chris, maybe can, not you, but people here, they could have been the number one defense in the league. Garrett has the exact same numbers. People here would be just as mad as they uh, are. Just as mad. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about I, – I, I can't speak for everybody, but I know if the Browns – if I really felt like the Browns had the best defense in the NFL this year and Garrett was the person that was spearheading that and was the fulcrum behind it, I would say, okay, that's been another – But what if he had the same, like, downturn in terms of counting stats at the end of the year but their defense didn't struggle as a result? Yeah, that's a tough sell for me, though. Yeah, in that situation, I probably wouldn't want to vote him for it either. Because when it got to nut cutting time, he kind of if Miles Garrett played plays. for the Miami Dolphins, would stop people finishing be- plays is the is the word I want to use here. Because just because you're, you know, you're you're about to make a play and you don't like that's why the thing that Alan Saunders the, tweeted I kind of agree with. But that's the whole point of what the even PFF though Saunders people, hates me apparently. But that's what the whole thing the PFF group is I think trying to um, conceptualize here or contextualize is this. If Miles Garrett doesn't get to the quarterback because the quarterback quickly hurries a throw away, whether it's like a two-yard completion, an incompletion, or whatever, 
chances are they were trying to do something else. I know this is getting way into the weeds, but that seems to be their rationale. He disrupted many plays without physically recording a sack. That is what they're saying here, that he was the most disruptive force despite not having the most sacks. And the weird thing is, like, Trey Hendrickson's got the second most sacks in the league, and honestly, man, I have not heard one person, even in Cincinnati, say Trey Hendrickson deserved Defensive Player of the Year consideration. Donnie, how many times did Darrell Revis win Defensive Player of the Year? Look that up for me. I think the answer is zero. Okay, and part of the reason for that is just teams would not throw at him because he was that good of a shutdown corner. Never won. So he didn't have stats, mm-hmm. and that cost him the award. That's how they've always done it. He did have six interceptions the year he finished second and okay. a touchdown. Okay, and he, but- led the league in, he led the league in passes defense. Isn't that like a pretty good... Like, that's a pretty basic number. I do also think, given the position that he played, like, whenever whenever he gets brought up, okay, he didn't win that award. He is he is in the, the first, like, three to five names anybody I know, but, thinks of. I know, but Chris, Chris's point with, with Garrett is, like, he still did his job very well on each play, even if it didn't finish with a stat. And I think Revis is an all-time example of somebody who would do that because teams would just say, all right, for this game, we're not even going to throw to that side of the field. It's not even worth but our isn't, time. But isn't his position a little unique in that a team sort of has that active choice that they can decide to make, and it's like Garrett is still trying to do – it's not – the team doesn't dictate. Garrett's going to rush the passer whether they want him to or not. They can choose, basically, to not throw the ball in Darrell's direction. The, the, the other team – has a full measure of control in whether Darrell Rivas sees any action. The thing about Garrett that you brought up earlier that I'm scratching my head on is his stats fell off the map. Their defensive coordinator was named assistant of the year last night. Mm -hmm. Don't you think the defensive coordinator there should have come up with ways to get him in spots, whether you line him up differently or the way that... Well, they uh, only did that. They only did what you're describing one time that I read of this year. So where Schwartz moved him around because of all people, everybody's favorite gas mask bong uh, left tackle, Laramie Tunsil, just dominated him in both of their matchups. And so they did try to get him over right tackle to get him away from Laramie Tunsil. That was the one thing he which, did. Can I tell you something? Honestly, like I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth. But a point like that is exactly why the dude should not be defensive player. Well, TJ Watt doesn't go against left tackles. I know, man, but he's. But you're telling me it's such a mismatch against a left tackle that you have to move well, one the best s- player in the entire one league single to another guy, spot? Though. I mean, he also worked over Trent Williams in a game the Browns won, and everybody watching that game said he can, he routinely pushed Trent Williams around. Rain game, though. Rain game. Bad turf. I see. Again, nothing about the right tackles, though, that Watt sees. Uh, now are you flipping and saying that Garrett should have won the award I'm over Watt because saying, he goes against right no, tackles? No, I'm going against you specifically trying to poo-poo and say no big deal about right tackle, but if you can't handle poor Laramie Tunsil, well, you shouldn't even be in the NFL practice. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.